0: You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From February the 21st, 2021 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, "'You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased.'" And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast, and the angels waited on him. You would enter into the wilderness do not begin without a blessing do not leave without hearing who you are beloved named by the one who has traveled this path before you do not go without letting it echo in your ears and if you find it is hard to let it into your heart Do not despair. That is what this journey is for. I cannot promise that this blessing will free you from danger, from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching of sun or the fall of night. But I can tell you that on this path, there will be help, I can tell you that on this way there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength, that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear. And with their curious insistence, whisper our name. Beloved, beloved, beloved. This poem by Jan Richardson to me is a fitting way to begin this Lenten journey by remembering our name, the same name that God spoke to Jesus as he came up out of those baptismal waters saying, You are my what? Beloved. And so this beautiful poem helps, uh, helps us find kind of a, a starting block. Anybody a runner? <laughs> Maybe back in the day, a starting you, you were a runner. A starting block, right? The place where we all begin for the, for the journey that is yet to come. It's a good starting block because before we enter this 40 days of, of wilderness, this Lenten experiment, it's good to remember who we are because it will give us strength and power for the journey that is ahead. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let's come back to the scripture text, to this, to this Markan passage from the Gospel of Mark. Mark, the, the writer of the, probably the very first gospel He's probably the first one that was written. He, he, he's not into details a lot, you know. He's kind of like a teenage son. How was school? Fine. <laughs> yeah, okay, a few more details, kid, would be great. Mark is kind of like that. He's not going to give us a whole lot of details. In fact, the the baptismal story, the story of being called beloved and blessed, and then the entire wilderness Uh, journey that Jesus took, Mark captures in only five verses. So it's very compact. He just moves right along, breakneck pace in the gospel of Mark. But there's one detail that he makes sure to include. It's a curious detail. He didn't have to include it. And in fact, it's a detail that both Matthew and Luke, the other two synoptic gospel writers, they included this same detail. And this detail is that as Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, that God blessed him, that God called him the beloved. It's almost as if it matters. It's almost as if this detail is very important for what's to come in the journey ahead. You see, this blessing to me seems to empower Jesus through the 40 days in the wilderness. The 40 days of fast, there's no way I could go without food for 40 days. I can barely go two hours without food, let alone 40 days. Forty days in the wilderness alone fasting. What gave him the power to do that? Knowing who he was, knowing that his name was Beloved. This empowered him to do the 40 days in the wilderness. This blessing happened before his launching of his public ministry, this blessing happened before he called his first disciples. This blessing happened before he did anything of consequence, before any teaching, before any healing, before any casting out of the demons. He hadn't done anything to earn this blessing. Spoiler alert, neither do we. We are beloved just like Jesus without having to earn it. And there's power in that for me. Maybe there is for you as well. So on Ash Wednesday, just this Wednesday, as, as, a few, as about 80 people, I think, came through our, our blessing line and, and we said prayers together and, and we did the self-imposition of ashes this year, I offered the traditional blessing for Ash Wednesday, which is this. From dust you came and to dust you shall return. And this is kind of a a sobering reminder of our mortality. A lot of people don't like Ash Wednesday for that reason, because we all know we're going to die, but we just don't like to think about it very much, right? There's a country song by Kenny Chesney. He says, Everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody want to go now. (laughs) And so some people don't love Ash Wednesday for this reason, but I think there's a, and and this is what I told the people that coming, maybe you were a part of it, you came through for Ash Wednesday, and so this is a reminder of what I told you then, that, that this reminder of our mortality has a counterpoint. That yes, these physical bodies will pass away, but there's an eternal nature within us. There's a Holy Spirit within us that is eternal, and that gives us power for the facing of the journey ahead. And to me, that's empowering. Uh, The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8. He said the same power that enabled Jesus to rise from the dead is in you. That same Spirit is in you. This week I was talking with some clergy friends, and you know, uh, when you're with religious people before Lent, sometimes the conversation turns to, so are you giving up anything for Lent? And so that was kind of the conversation, we were talking about that. And One of my clergy friends said, you know, haven't we given up enough this year? (laughs) This year with COVID and the coronavirus and the pandemic and our social, haven't we given up enough? There was a a meme, uh, well, not a meme, a a priest posted on Twitter. He said, this year for Lent, I am committed, let's see, how do you say it? I am committed to making it through the next six weeks, and I give you permission to do the same. And then my friend in the clergy group said, you know what I'm giving up for Lent this year? I'm giving up fasting for Lent this year. (laughs) We all agreed that was a great idea. We've given up plenty this year. So don't feel too bad if you've failed to offer a lenten fast because we've given up plenty. These this Lent is 40 days, excluding Sunday. This is a biblical pattern. It started probably with Noah, I believe. Noah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights on Noah and his family. Uh, Moses was 40 days on the mountain fasting before he received the Ten Commandments. Elijah was 40 days fasting, climbing up that same mountain. And of course, then Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying before launching his public ministry. And so these 40 days, uh, as we think about this, this Lenten journey and, and returning to penitence and, and focusing on our faith, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's been such a challenging year. We, we maybe can't think about adding any more challenge to our lives right now. If you've been watching the news, you know all about Texas. What a thing, Right? My goodness, I have one of my dearest friends lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, so I've been checking in with her every day um, this week. She lives with her husband and her teenage son and a crippled dog. (laughs) And I texted her and I said, I know that the power's out and it's really cold. How are you? And she texted a picture back and she snuggled up in bed and she's got on a a beanie, you know. Um, But it, it wasn't too funny an hour or two later when the power didn't come back on and it was six degrees. And so she scrambled without cell phone, uh, cell phone battery running low, trying to find a hotel room. They were all booked. She and her husband and her teenage son and her crippled dog ended up finding their way to a friend's house and spending the night. And so they were safe, but it took quite a bit of energy finding that and making those connections and making that happen. She said she was exhausted just trying to stay alive. And then a day or so later, she sent a meme, <laughs> and it said, I'm getting pretty tired of living through historic events. <laughs> and then in the, in the news this week, there was something pretty positive. The same week that Texas had no power, we landed a rover on Mars. <laughs> we can land a rover on Mars, but we can't give power to our friends in Texas. Whoa! <laughs> So Perseverance landed on Mars. What a great name for the rover. The, the story goes that there was a competition among school-aged children and a 14-year-old boy named Alex Mather won the competition. He was asked how he came up with the great name Perseverance. He was like... Well, I was thinking about how much work it takes to to be able to land a rover on Mars, and then the rover itself has to persevere, and I came up with the name Perseverance. And so NASA thought that was a great idea, and so we have Perseverance now roaming around on Mars, giving us beautiful images from the red planet. Perseverance. It took a lot of Perseverance on Earth to land Perseverance on Mars, didn't it? What is the source of this kind of perseverance, I wonder? What is the source of the perseverance that enables scientists to place a rover on Mars? What is the source of perseverance that enabled my friend Amy to find a place to stay to keep her family safe? What is the source of perseverance through so many challenges, and some of the challenges I know that you've shared with me, and most of them I probably don't know among you. What is the perseverance that enables you to still smile, to still show up for one another, to still have faith, to still be here as community, working our way through this thing called life as we remain faithful people of God. What is it? The perseverance? What's the source of it? I've got an idea. It's that same Holy Spirit that enabled Christ to rise from the dead that is in you. That's, that's the source of the perseverance. That Holy Spirit power is with you at all times. Now, Jesus never promised that we would have immunity from challenges or difficulties or trials, did he? But he did promise that a Holy Spirit would come. It's in Acts chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit, and you will receive power, it says. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we may not be immune from difficulties and challenges and trials, but we do have the vaccine for hopelessness and despair and powerlessness. That Holy Spirit inoculates us from those things. There's an old um, legend, um, I believe, from the Cherokee tradition I've read. And it's about a rite of initiation as a, a boy begins to cross the threshold into manhood. And the story goes like this, that the father takes the young man out into the wilderness, far, far deep into the forest. And once he gets out there, he he sends the young man on a stump and ties a blindfold around his son. And he tells his son, if you want to be a man, you have to sit here all night long and not remove the blindfold. No matter how tempted you may be to take the blindfold off, you are not allowed to take the blindfold off. You sit here until the daylight breaks through the fibers of your blindfold. If you can do that, son, you will be a man. And then he leaves, walks out of the forest, leaving the young boy there on a stump by himself. And can you imagine how terrifying that might be? The wind blows, and (laughs) the trees rustle, and the grasses blow around, and every noise is terrifying. And then if there's a nocturnal animal, a a raccoon that makes its way nearby, or a bat that flies around, and then can you imagine if there's a coyote in the distance? That's how a coyote goes, right? And the boy sits there all night long, persevering through that trial, mustering every ounce of courage and bravery. And then the morning light begins to break through the fibers of the blindfold, and the young man takes the blindfold off, having survived the night. And he blinks a few times, and he notices that over there is his dad watching him having been there all night to protect him. Today we brought forward the Christ candle, the reminder of the incarnation, the God with us, the the Christ with us always. Most of the time we go through life blindfold, not aware, not, not aware of God's presence in our lives. And so we light this Christ candle a, a, as a way to take the blindfold off and remind ourselves that God is with us always, even through the darkest of nights. And knowing that God is with us, we also hear God whisper that blessing, the same blessing that He gave to Jesus as He rose up out of those baptismal waters. You are my beloved, beloved, beloved. Beloved is where we begin. Thanks for listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.